Welcome back to another edition of the Stars and Stripes Cricket Podcast presented by Dream Cricket. I'm your host, Peter Delpenna, and on today's episode, we pick up where we left off with Todd Myers, Senior Vice President of Global Operations at Willow TV, who own the rights for the launch of the upcoming minor league cricket T20 franchise competition. First matches begin on July 31st, and that's an event that a lot of people have been Looking forward to on the U.S. domestic cricket calendar for some time. They've recently gotten a title sponsor in Toyota along with Sling TV. So they've got sponsors. They've got a television rights partner with Willow TV. And Todd Myers is involved with that. We talk about that for a part of the episode. And we also go into a bit more about the conversation where we left off discussing the business side of TV rights acquisitions in the American rights market for international cricket. Todd played a very big role in that when he was the director of programming and acquisitions at ESPN from 2004 to 2015. And that's where I met Todd as a colleague before Todd moved on to Willow TV. Todd has some interesting insights to share, not just as a business executive, but again, as a general enthusiast for cricket and has some great ideas into how cricket can grow and how to make cricket grow in terms of the psyche of the American sports fan get it more exposure, more recognition, and he continues to play a role in making that happen at Willow TV. But before we get to that, I want to thank the sponsors of the Stars and Stripes Cricket Podcast, starting off with Dream Cricket. The Dream Cricket Academy offers private group lessons for children of all ages, led by head coach Earl Daly, a former USA national team player and the head coach of the USA Under-19 national champion Mid-Atlantic Region Squad this past April in Texas. Dream Cricket Academy is located at 400 Apgar Drive in Somerset, New Jersey, just a mile off of Exit 12 on Interstate 287. For more information, call 908-938-3787 or email cricket at dreamcricket.com. The Stars and Stripes Cricket Podcast is also sponsored by Moosa Cricket Stadium, the first and original turf wicket cricket facility in the state of Texas, located at 5515 McKeever Road in Pearland. For more information, call 713-534-2195. That's Moosa Cricket Stadium in Pearland, Texas, about a half hour south of downtown Houston. And now, continuation of of the interview with Senior Vice President of Global Operations at Willow TV, Todd Myers. All right. Now, from the broadcasting side, programming and acquisitions, one of the questions I have for you is to do with ad value, sponsorship rights, and kind of what gets something broadcast. Again, we talked about the T20 World Cup Finals, India being in the final of that 2014 event, a couple of the IPL matches. One of them, I I definitely remember there was a Chennai Super Kings match that was broadcast on ESPN television early in the morning, but still was broadcast. And the fact that Dhoni has been associated with Chennai Super Kings forever certainly helps. And this has been a constant battle over the years in terms of fans understanding and really demanding more teams in World Cups and what determines a format for a World Cup and so much of that is, is determined by India and the BCCI. And so for somebody from your standpoint who's been involved with sports programming and having an insight into the behind-the-scenes aspect of ad sales, ad rights, and what can get ratings and whatnot, not just at ESPN, but at Will TV, I wanted to ask you about some general figures. I don't know if you can share them or not, but just, just to give people a general idea of how much of a disparity there is between the market share or the ratings number that gets returned, say, for an India match in a T20 World Cup versus, say, like, for example, 
that 2014 T20 World Cup, Ireland and the Netherlands played one of the matches of the tournament. Netherlands had this incredible chase, and it was must-see television, but... There's no guarantee that there are a lot of people going to be tuning in from the start or even in the middle of the match because at the end of the day, it's Ireland and the Netherlands, two countries that are not big draws. I'm curious, as somebody who's who's been involved in seeing these figures, really how much importance is there placed on getting a match televised and, and the success or failure of that when it is, again, a, a 2014 T20 World Cup final where India is involved versus matches where they're not involved. Sure. Well, you know, good question. And honestly, I don't remember exact numbers uh, from back then. But you know, I know that at least that decision had been made to show the, the World T20 on, on the championship on ESPN2, you know, well in advance of the teams being decided. You know, there's a lot of programming changes that you know, have to be made. With that said, you know, I, I will honestly say that if halfway through the tournament, it looked like it was going to be the Netherlands versus Ireland for the championship. <laughs> Maybe that match might not have made it to ESPN too, right? But, you know, as you're going halfway through the tournament, you know, you can kind of see which teams are playing well. And you never, like anything, right? NCAA championships, Super Bowl, you don't know what the matchup's going to be until, you know, the final whistle blows on, on the end of the semifinals. But, you know, at that point, we had a pretty good idea. It would probably have been, you know, in India, Sri Lanka, West Indies, maybe in England. I honestly don't recall how everybody fared in, in the tournament that year. So, so someone, you know, please don't, you know, send Peter a Twitter note that says Myers was so wrong. England had a terrible 2014. I, I just, I don't recall exactly. Right. But you, we kind of knew going through that there'd be probably one of the, one of the blue bloods, if you will, using a kind of college basketball term, would, would be making it to the finals. So we felt pretty confident that it would generate viewership. But I would say the answer of the important in the kind of more macro level, the importance of a one of the, the Indias or Australias and, and England, et cetera, or West Indies, you know, for this market, right? I mean, for America, obviously a lot of popularity and, and passion around the West Indies team here. It's probably similar to like, you know, a college basketball game, right? I mean, do fans want to watch Duke versus Kentucky for a championship? Or do you want to watch, gosh, I'm going to pick out two schools and, and they're probably going to now hate me and I'll never get some kind of honorary doctorate from them. But would you rather see like Butler take on NC State, right? I mean, who has bigger fan bases? Sorry, and I, and Butler and NC State, please, again, don't, don't. I'm just using as fan, just as an example, right? And, and NC State certainly has had its day and, and Butler, obviously, you know, uh, I, I'm a Duke fan, so. Uh, that's also why I picked them out. So we kind of beat you a few years ago. But anywho, um, you know, it, it's no different than in like any any other sport. Right. I mean, the Yankees draw more eyeballs, whether they're they're good or they're not as good. Right. More people watch them. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Right. Cowboys, whether they're 14 and two or two and 14, there's people that want to watch. Right. Because they want to cheer them on or they want to watch them fail. And I think it's a similar thing in the level of cricket, especially around India. I mean, again, they have the largest fan base in the world. And, you know, but obviously there's a, if you're not an India fan, you may cheer against them because you, you know, again, using the Cowboys or the Yankees is, or the Lakers is kind of example, right? You know, if you, you've got a rabid fan base that wants them to do well, but there's also a whole bunch of people that are just fine watching those teams lose. Oh, the Cowboys are one in 15 this year. Fantastic, right? Lakers aren't going to, you know, Lakers going to lose to Golden State tonight. And, you know, great, right? It's the same thing, I think, with India that you have a hardcore group of people, but 
you know, other countries are just as happy to see them not perform as well, not make it to the final, you know, bomb out. Like, okay, like I was at the 2015 uh, Quick World Cup in Australia and India made it to the semifinals. And I've, I don't recall exactly what the final score was, but Australia pretty much throttled them. I think they won by like 90 runs or something, 100 runs, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, maybe it was 95. I'll split the difference. But it, it was a Australia really, you know, handed it to them pretty good, right? So I'm sure there was, you know, same thing as like, you know, I'm just saying that there's a group of people that love to see a team win balanced by a group of people who love to see them kind of stumble and fall flat. You're almost right on the money there. 95 runs was the margin okay. there. All right, there you go. All right. Because I remember watching, and it was, it was one of those things that, like, uh, I think Dhoni had a had a pretty good pretty good day, but it was just like the Australian bowlers just kept them down, right? Like, India just couldn't get boundaries in, in that match, right? I mean, like, I think Dhoni was, like, rotating the strike and, and all that, but, like, no one kind of got hot and was like, all right, I'm going to go off and hit, you know, in this over we're going to score 15 runs, and that was going to be the ba- breakthrough that would then propel them forward. They just couldn't seem to get off of, I mean, again, all credit to the Australian bowlers in that match for kind of keeping India, keeping India's score down. I mean, again, you're there as somebody who appreciates cricket, but you're also there wanting to get a match in the final that's going to draw ratings back on ESPN USA. You've got the host country going up against the biggest ratings draw. Are are you hoping kind of internally like, oh, geez, you know, I'm... Donny has to score a century here, or else this could mean the difference between like a couple million bucks of ad revenue going up in smoke, <laughs> or and maybe some, you know, staff adjustments uh, when we get back from Australia. <laughs> Do these thoughts go through your mind? No, not, not not at all. I mean, you know, from the you know the the positive side, I guess, is that hey, you know, the ad sales dollars had already been committed, and whatever they were at the time, so you know that was kind of what it was. And like I said, we don't we don't control who, who's in the finals. And I remember that match is ultimately, I think Australia, New Zealand wound up playing for the title, but, but, but I will say, right. I mean, like putting myself just as a sports fan, not as a sports executive, you know, you always, you know, or always may be a strong word, but from my point of view, I would much rather see, you know, Duke play Kentucky, you know, the Cowboys are playing the Patriots, you know, the two biggest, most popular teams are battling it out for the championship. And obviously that can't happen every year because also other fans of other teams would get bored and would stop watching and that wouldn't be great. But yeah, I mean, India, Australia, it would have been probably better for ratings candidly if that had been the final. And I don't recall exactly how many viewers watch India, Australia versus watch Australia, New Zealand. I would say right now, if, if you and I were in Vegas and we had have only bet on one or the other, I would put my money on that more people watched India, Australia Australia, New Zealand, again, not taking anything away from New Zealand whatsoever. Wonderful team. Um, but but ultimately, just India has more fans. Um, so I'm sure that match had more viewership than Australia, New Zealand. You left ESPN at the end of 2015. Your next stop was with One World Sports, which also had an affiliation with Cricket Rights. Was that something that at that stage, I mean, had you been kind of sucked into cricket enough where you were looking specifically for a cricket related role in sports business or were you still kind of looking just generally and, and potentially going in a different direction with with other sports 
Yeah, good question. So, I mean, One World Sports had a, had a lot of different sports on its air. And, and you know, again, I'll say it when I worked at ESPN for ESPN3, again, I would say I was probably somewhat of a Swiss army knife, right? I mean, did cricket, did some rugby, did some soccer, did CrossFit games, you know, did outdoors, did a whole bunch of different sports. So when the opportunity came around with One World Sports, I acquired a continental hockey league, Russian hockey. We had Chinese basketball, a whole host of different things. But but I knew that one of the, the big things about the cricket audience is they will find their team. Maybe different than like Russian hockey, right? Obviously, the fan base is much smaller in the U.S. than it, than it would be for cricket, right? So I knew that it would bring an audience. And when you're one of sports at the time, uh, unfortunately, it, it's not around anymore. But was still in startup mode, and you know they're trying to they were trying to find what can they hang their hat on to generate larger audiences. And, and, and Kaylee, from my experience at ESPN, I knew cricket was was one of those things. So we had uh, ECB rights, and then we wound up getting Caribbean Premier League rights. Willow had most of the other rights, and and ESPN still had a handful of rights at that time before they kind of I'll say slowed down on the cricket acquisitions. They've since picked back up again, but you know it was at the time just trying to figure out. How do we drive an audience to One World Sports? And I knew that cricket would be one of the sports that would do it. You went on from One World Sports. You started to do your own bit of consultancy work, founded your own company, and then you moved on to Willow TV. Yep. And the biggest provider of of cricket content in the U.S. North American market. What started as a streaming service online but has grown significantly to now include an actual cable channel that you can order whether it's you got comcast or cablevision or time warner and all sorts of different cable providers all around the country offer access to willow tv so now in your current role how do you see cricket in terms of with well cricket was kind of this small tiny speck of the espn rights universe in the U.S. market compared to Willow, where it's literally the only thing. It, 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 it is it. Cricket is it. And that's your entire focus and how the two experiences have compared. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I'd say that one of the things that, you know, when you work in cricket 24-7, right, I mean, you able to get a deeper understanding of the game, deeper understand of the, of the players and, and financials and business models that, that's involved in this. And I think when you quote unquote, get it wrong, you hear, you hear from your fans more. Whereas I think at ESPN, part of it was, you know, cricket was fans watched. And if ESPN got it wrong, I think they got potentially more of a pass. Hey, they're trying, right? They don't really know the sport. Um, you know, they're, they're doing the best they can. But at Willow, you know, the fans expect you to to not make mistakes, to know the sport through and through, which, you know, we do. And not just myself, but the whole team, you know, that that works on Willow. I mean, that's so that's part of it. So I, I'd say you have maybe a little bit more fan responsibility because you're, you're just not going to get a pass from the cricket fans that are, you know, again, hardcore in this country, which is good. And, you know, I, I think, you know, it's it's really an, a, an exciting time for cricket in the States. And Peter, I don't know how we get you to move back. Um, I mean, again, I'm in Florida, so you're welcome to, to come join me here. But between Ian Higgins and USA Cricket and VJ and Samir and the team at, at American Cricket Enterprises, ACE, Slash Major League Cricket. I mean, they may have a very long business card, right? Because it's Ace American Cricket Enterprise, Major League Cricket, Minor League Cricket. 
They're, they're launching their academies. Like cricket is on a big growth pattern here in the States, fueled by those folks I just named, I mean, Ian, Vijay, Samir, and, and all their team are really pushing the sport forward. And, you know, like I said, there's no doubt with the investment in time and resources that they're making that it's going to take off. I don't know what the timeline is um, that it's going to, you know, jump up and join, you know, Major League Baseball and kind of the, the NFLs and NASCARs of the world. But I look at it like soccer, right? I mean, in 1992, soccer was pretty much on the periphery here in, in the U.S. And now soccer is definitively, I would say, one of the top, you know, four or five sports that are watched. I mean, there's more soccer brought. If you love soccer or football, depending on what country you're in, America has more of it than any country in the world. Yep. And it's the same for cricket, thanks in large part to Willow, right? I mean, we carry something like 85 or 90% of the cricket that's played around the globe. So if any of you are watching this outside of the U.S. and you love cricket, you should immediately pack up your bags, move to America, and get yourself a Willow TV subscription because we will serve you with more cricket than any place else you can possibly imagine. And like I said, the investments in USA cricket that are happening and the, the teams have been growing and improving and COVID-19 has had a negative impact on a lot of aspects uh, of people's businesses, personal lives. Obviously, we, we see the tragedies that are, have happened around the globe. From a momentum standpoint of USA Cricket, it, it couldn't have come at a worse time, right? They were making inroads. They're you know on the path to qualifying. And then all of a sudden, COVID happens. And I don't think the USA Cricket team has played since February of 2020, I believe, so no doubt the players will get back at it. They'll get back, and, and but you know it was really swinging the momentum, and now they gotta get it recranked up, which I know Ian and the team um, will absolutely make happen. Today's edition of the Stars and Stripes Cricket Podcast presented by Dream Cricket is also sponsored by Musa Cricket Stadium, the first and original turf wicket facility in the state of Texas, located at 5515 McKeever Road in Perlin, just five miles off the Bailey Road exit from State Route 288, a half hour south of downtown Houston. Musa Cricket Stadium includes fully enclosed locker rooms and change rooms, plus shower facilities after a day's play, as well as outdoor nets for all your training needs. Aside from the main turf stadium ground, there is now a second ground at the facility open for use. For more information, call 713-534-2195 Musa Cricket Stadium in Pearland, Texas. There's a couple points I want to touch on there. One, yeah, for anybody who's who is listening or watching elsewhere in the world, Todd Myers is not joking. If you are in the USA, you honestly got to have better access to cricket watching than I think anywhere in the world. Being in England, having lived in England, the prices and the access to international cricket are far higher. There's a far higher barrier to entry from a cost standpoint and an access standpoint on on pay TV and other outlets in the UK, in Australia. When I lived in Australia, again, basically the only matches they would show in Australia on television were the Australian matches. You got to watch the home Australian home matches, but they're not going to show everybody else's matches in every other country around the world on Channel 9 or the, the network TV. And even on a pay service like Fox Sports, it's not necessarily guaranteed that they're going to pay for the rights to all the other stuff. And that was a controversial thing during the 2015 World Cup and the 2019 World Cup. They would show, again, World Cup, the World Cup. They would only show Australia's matches on network television. The other, right. like, 42 matches of the tournament, you couldn't get access to, really. You don't have that issue in the U.S. with Willow and with, with ESPN at the time when, when ESPN had the 2015 World Cup. Same thing, you know, in the UAE, other countries I've been to. It's astonishing 
to me, observing the level of cricket access abroad in what are, quote, quote, traditional cricket countries with strong cricket cultures, where they basically exclude 95% of the cricket rights that are not affiliated with their home or host national team. And that's one of the great advantages of the USA is that, in a sense, because it is a neutral market, the broadcasters cater to everybody. They'll get the India rights, the Pakistan rights, the Australia rights, the England rights, New Zealand rights, West Indies rights. And the cost is actually quite low. You know, Willow, yeah. not not to shill for Willow here, but, you know, yeah. $9.99 a month, $9.99 a month for all the content that you get on Willow. That's yeah. an incredibly fair price yeah. compared well, to what you pay for Sky Sports hey, in the UK. Hey, and I'll do one better. I mean, sign up for the annual pass. It's only $60. I mean, it's five bucks a month. If you sign up for the year. I mean, how, how do you beat that when you have the ashes and, you know, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka and, you know, Zimbabwe and IPL and ICC, and, you know, the list goes on cricket, Australia and the big bash league and CPL and Pakistan super league and, and the Pakistan home international rights. Like how, how can you go wrong for, for an annual pass of 60 bucks uh, do you get to watch all of that? To your point, Peter, there's nowhere else in the world that $60 U.S. will get you that much cricket. It's impossible. And in coming next year, Major League Cricket will be added into that as well. Like, it's just it's just impossible to, to beat that deal. Do I need to bill Samir and VJ for the uh, <laughs> promo they just got? <laughs> Absolutely. You should. Yeah. I'll... I'll... <laughs> Get him on the phone. All right. USA matches are actually being shown broadcast for the first time. You mentioned that February 2020 tour, the last tour that USA had, those matches in Nepal were broadcast simulcast on Willow TV. Now, it's a great positive in terms of the USA national team getting exposure that previously they might not have had in the past. And I know I got to broadcast. I was on air with Andrew Leonard. That's right. Uh, as the two USA representatives in the uh, play-by-play booth in the TV setup that they had at Trivavon University Stadium. So getting a chance to provide analysis commentary to a U.S. audience back home was was a tremendous thrill and honor from my own standpoint. But from a big picture standpoint, I also have it in the back of my head that as wonderful as it is to show these matches featuring USA, that doesn't really cater to Willow's audience. All the people who are subscribing to Willow TV, or 99% of them who are subscribing to Willow, they're subscribing for the IPL India matches, England matches, Australia matches, West Indies matches. So what kind of role do you see Willow taking in terms of providing exposure to USA? Is it a case of there being a opportunity and a platform for the USA market to grow organically and to cultivate that fan base specifically for the USA national team organically? Or do you feel that as part of this deal, this rights deal with Ace and Will, that you almost have to like force feed it like a baby. You're just getting the spoon and just force feeding it down fans' throats. You will watch this USA match whether you like it or not. We're giving it to you and that's it. No, we're not. We're certainly not force feeding anybody that, you know, because you know what happens if you do that to babies, right? They they spit it back out, right? <laughs> so we don't want any we, we don't want any spit up on us. No, look, we we certainly feel and believe, and I can't really personally believe that, you know, it's it's what we talked a little bit earlier about exposing the team, right? It was a little bit different context when we we're talking about ESPN exposing cricket. I think it's a similar thing here, right? I mean, we need to expose Team USA to the fans that live here more, 
right? I mean, it just hasn't been done. So part of my role and the team's role that works here with VJ and Samir and Ian, like our goal is to, to provide a platform for fans to be able to watch the games. And again, I, I firmly believe that if fans watch Team USA, they'll start to know the players. They'll start to figure out when they're playing. They'll start tuning in and watching more. You know, it, it's, it's no different than many other sports, right? I mean, Americans love to fly the flag, right? You want to support whether it's the Team USA water polo team, the Team USA rugby team, it, it doesn't matter, or the basketball team, right? You want to support your country. And again, I haven't lived outside the U.S. Peter, you have, so you'd be more of an expert on that kind of piece than, than I do. But I feel like Americans take a great deal of pride in supporting their home national teams. And I think we are going to provide them the access to the Team USA that they just previously have never had. And they're going to like what they see. They're going to like the players. And they're going to start cheering for them. And candidly, I'll probably wind up catching flack if we don't get some of their matches on TV for some reason because they travel to Oman or someplace else and the match just isn't being produced and I can't get you and Andrew Leonard to fly across and do it. I mean, I have a feeling I'll wind up getting emails or tweets at me saying, hey, I don't understand. Why isn't USA Cricket? Well, don't blame me. It's in, it's in Oman, as, just as an example, and there's no feed being made. But we could not be more excited about our partnership uh, with the team at ACE and then our team uh, in a partnership with USA Cricket. The other aspect of that, the minor league cricket, major league cricket, MLC, is now been pushed back to launch in 2023. A lot of things have been affected by COVID, and this is one of the things that's been pushed back. But still, the plan is there to launch Major League Cricket, the 16 franchise tournament in 2023 and there was the acquisition of the air hogs stadium in grand prairie i went to it in person after the us under 19 national championships in houston I, I made the three and a half hour drive up to to dallas went to a texas rangers game got to see globe life field and then after the game was over took the 15 minute drive over to grand prairie and, and it's a gorgeous facility and it's right there next to lone star park the racetrack so you've got all the parking you could ever need and the infrastructure is there it's very very well set up so there's some promising signs there that I can see on the ground and, and the renovation project that's going to be undertaken to convert that into a cricket field. From your standpoint, from a broadcasting standpoint, what do you think is going to attract viewers in a market where it is sometimes difficult to get new things to catch on, even within cricket? Again, you'll have people who are diehard India fans, West Indies fans, but there's not necessarily the same level of interest even within franchise cricket. I mean, I can remember going to CPL games in Florida Steve Smith and Andre Russell in front of 700 people because they just were not interested on a weeknight to go to that in person. So what do you think, taking all those things into consideration, it's going to take for a new competition to succeed in the same way that when India comes to Florida, you can guarantee 12,000 people are going to show up in a stadium? Yeah, well, look, I think one, I mean, obviously marketing is one. Um, so again, I'll, I'll get the low hanging fruit out of the way first, right? We got to, we got to let people know and and by we, meaning Willow and the team at ACE, right? So we have a partnership as we go forward. So both we have to work hand in hand to, to alert people when and where the matches are happening. I, I think the second one, honestly, is, is storytelling. You know, I'll, I'll harken back to when I worked on the CrossFit Games for ESPN. And, you know, I felt they did a very good job in the telecast telling you why you should care about this person. Who was Annie Thor's daughter? Who, who, no, who was, who is, sorry, she's still alive. No, Annie, <laughs> follow you on Instagram. You're not dead. You're still alive. <laughs> you know, Rich Froning, who, who is Rich Froning? Who are these people, right? 
and, and I think it's going to be the same thing for us is, and, and that's something that, you know, we're committed to as at Willow is to help tell the stories around these players and get people to know and have interest. So when they do come out to the ballpark, they're not like, Hey, well, you know, there's Corey Anderson. Nah, I don't really know Corey. Well, well, sure you do, because we're going to introduce you to him via features and interviews and things of that nature. And he's just one example um, that we're going to help drive interest in the sport. And as I say, again, some of this goes with USA cricket, a little bit like soccer, right? You have some players that wind up making a name for themselves in, in the soccer. I'm talking about soccer now on the national team. Then they come back and will play for whomever, whoever the MLS club is. I think there's going to be some of that as well. Some of these guys will go make a name for themselves playing against international competition, get a little bit more pub and press that way. will come back and now play for their local team for, for major league cricket. So again, it, 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 none of this is going to be, you know, an overnight sensation. There's going to be a lot of hard work, right? I mean, oftentimes people just look at the end game. Oh, wow. Look again, take ESPN, for example, people are like, wow, you know, what are we now? 30, you know, 50 years later, almost or so, right? ESPN's in around and, and you see, wow, look, look at the pinnacle it's at. Yeah, but, but it didn't start there, right? There's a lot of work and effort that's going to go in that's going to build Major League Cricket step by step by step. And that someday someone's going to look around and be like, wow, you guys are on top of the world. But you got to start somewhere. And, you know, there's no doubt with the team that's in place, there's a lot of really smart people, a lot of hardworking people. And they're going to make some good strategic decisions on, on how to get fans out to the stadium. And we, we talked about earlier. If you go, you're going to enjoy yourself. Yeah. And then you're going to go back and tell your neighbor, hey, well, what would you do last Saturday? Oh, well, I went over to the Air Hog Stadium and, and, and caught a, a professional cricket match. You should come with me next time. Mm-hmm. And then they bring somebody. And, and the next thing you know, you know, hopefully we have a waiting list, you know, like the Lambeau Field. You just can't get a ticket yeah. because it's, it's become that popular. It's one of the most underestimated marketing techniques been there since the dawn of time. Word of mouth. Nothing worse like word of mouth. Yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, and, and that's like I said, that's definitely going to be part of it. Like you want people to come have a good time and and they will come back and they will bring their friends and family along with them. Todd, it's the time of the show where we do the best 11, the favorite 11, 11 questions. Again, today's show is presented by Dream Cricket. Dream Cricket Pavilion Shop can help you fill up all your cricket kit requirements from top-of-the-line English willow bats made by all the top manufacturers, as well as helmets, gloves, pads, jerseys, highlights, DVDs, and more. Get 10% off all orders over $400 using coupon code DCUSA. That's DCUSA. Go to shop.dreamcricket.com. Dot com to take advantage of that offer today. Dream Cricket is located at 400 Apgar Drive in Somerset, New Jersey. Call 908-938-3787 for more information. That's 400 Apgar Drive in Somerset, New Jersey, just a mile off of Exit 12 on Interstate 287. I'm sure you've taken 287 quite a number of times up and down New York, New Jersey. Todd? Absolutely. Absolutely. Living in the Northeast, is, it's hard to avoid. <laughs> and that's the route to Dream Cricket. So, again, we thank Dream Cricket for sponsoring the Stars and Stripes Cricket Podcast. All right. Best 11. Here we go. The nicest or the best cricket ground experience you've had as a fan, an administrator, in a business capacity. What is your favorite ground that you've been to in the world? Oh, gosh. Uh, I guess I'll have to say Lords. I mean, it's just tough to beat watching a match there. 
Your favorite place to eat out on tour or away from home outside of Florida? It could be a chain. It could be a specific restaurant, a specific city. What's what's your go-to place? Well, because of my kids, I can only answer Chili's. <laughs> so <laughs> that is the place we, we, we go. Your favorite cricketer of all time? I'll say Chris Gale. Tough to beat the universe, boss. Impossible, some might say. Yes. <laughs> Is there is there a galaxy boss? Where do you go from beyond beyond the universe, boss? I, I don't know. Favorite non-cricket athlete of all time? Larry Bird. No one worked harder than he did. I, I feel no one got more out of his uh, what skills he had than Larry Bird did. Your favorite non-cricket sports venue to go watch a game? Dallas Cowboys Stadium. AT&T Stadium. AT&T Stadium. Home Gary of the Dallas Ball. Cowboys. Jerry World. Right, right yes. literally right adjacent to Global Life Field when I was there. I was like, ooh, I'd, I'd like to go see a game in there one day. Giants, I'd like to go see a Giants game as a Giants fan. I, I need to see Giants going there because Eli Manning used to own that place. He, he did. I think that's why they don't open anymore. The Cowboys like, right, I don't want to play the Giants to start anymore. Well, now that Eli's gone, they, they may want to do it again. But, yeah, back in the day, that was not a good matchup for him. The best sports broadcast announcer to come out of Syracuse. Oh my goodness, that's a tough one. Uh, God, I I can't say because whoever I say, someone's going to be disappointed. But I'll say Mike Dorico. I mean, Mike Dorico's phenomenal. I mean, worked with him at ESPN, and now he's at NBC. And gosh, I don't know if there's a sport other than maybe cricket that he hasn't called. So maybe that's his. his uh, there's still time. To get him. There's still time. We need to get Mike on a cricket broadcast. I'll I'll go with Mike Dorico. Hey, well, if he's with NBC in the Olympics now, 2028, there's your opportunity. Absolutely. Hey, that's a good one. Yeah, I'll start sending him some notes and, like, get him prepared. Are you a Coke or a Pepsi man? Pepsi. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry. Hey, Pepsi sponsored cricket. I don't think Coke ever has, so. Well, I think Coke has sponsored specific teams. I want to say Coke has, has sponsored, I forget if it was Australia or they sponsored Pakistan at one point in time. I know they've since uh, Pakistan has since been sponsored by Pepsi, but right. they have sp- sponsored specific teams, <laughs> not overall events though. <laughs> I do remember a uh, funny thing is is well now now Coca Cola actually is the official ICC sponsor, so Coca Cola and ICC have the partnership now. And it, depending on what events you are at, what time, I remember bringing non coca-cola branded sports drinks there's a specific sports drink very famous sports drink brand i don't want to offend anybody at the icc but i i carry this lemon lime flavored sports drink everywhere i go somebody from the icc very hurriedly came out one day i was covering a match in dubai the t20 world cup qualifier and said hey you're gonna need to rip that label off because uh you could be killing a sponsorship deal. Right. <laughs> I was like, wait, I love Coke. I'm a big Coke fan. I have a Coca-Cola T-shirt in my arsenal. Like, I, I don't want to do anything to offend Coke. Please, please understand. Don't take it in that way. I will take the label off. If, if it must happen, I will take the label off. But I can assure you, I am a, a Coca-Cola diehard. Gotcha. They said, okay, all right, all right. we understand. Okay, all right, all right. Your favorite pizza topping? Ham. Ham. I like just, the Hawaiian pizza, a little ham and pineapple. Just ham or ham and pineapple? Do you go all the ham, way with ham and, ham, ham and pineapple, yeah. Your favorite movie? Two. Uh, I'm going to go with two. Rocky Four and then uh, Avengers Endgame. If he dies, he dies. He dies. <laughs> if you can change and we can change, 
then we all can shave. <laughs> <laughs> so many quotable lines from that movie. Oh, oh the classic. All right, last but not least, rounding it off, themes around your career, the best ever Sports Center anchor in your eyes. I'm going to go with the duo of Stu Scott and Rich Eisen. They were just a phenomenal duo. Um, so I'm going to have to go for the tie. No offense to all my, my friends that, are, that I still know and keep in touch with that are, that are anchors there, but it's tough to, tough to stop top, uh, Stuart and Rich. They were just dynamite. Or they were as cool as the other side of the pillow. Side of the pillow. Oh, even better. Ah, see, I should have got that one. Oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Todd Myers, Senior Vice President at Willow TV. Thank you so much for coming on the Stars and Stripes Cricket Podcast presented by Dream Cricket. The floor is yours. Anything else you want to say about what you're doing at Willow TV right now? What is in store or anything else about cricket and your experiences in cricket that you think people should know? Look, I'll just say, look, if you haven't experienced a cricket match in 2020, well, we have minor league cricket this summer. Come out and watch. Next year, we're going to be uh, the start of major league cricket. Come out and watch. You're, you're going to love it. For $60, you can watch more cricket than you can possibly imagine. Um, so please do that. You know, then bring your family and friends in to watch as well. I, I would say just give the sport a chance if you haven't had it. If you haven't watched it in person, give it a chance. You will absolutely love it. And take it from Peter, too. Not just me, but Peter will tell you as well that you watch a match, you will absolutely fall in love with the sport. I'm going to do the tag team and t- tag you in. Yeah. Off, off <laughs> tag the through from like 3,000 miles away. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> What really fantastic insights Todd Myers has that he shared into his world of television broadcasting rights in cricket in the U.S. marketplace. And Todd has been an incredible asset. He's somebody who's worked very, very hard to promote cricket in a very unique role in the world of broadcasting. And we need a lot more people like Todd Myers if cricket is going to get going in the right direction in America. I encourage everybody to subscribe to the podcast, whether the video version on YouTube or the audio version on Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other podcasting platforms. Until next week, I'm Peter Dolapena, reminding everybody, God bless America and God bless American cricket.